Thank you for joining us for this podcast of the Family Fellowship of Greenville, located in Greenville, Texas. If you'd like more information about our church, please log on to www.familyfellowship.us or email us at info at familyfellowship.us. Now here's lead pastor, Paul Blue. Good morning, everybody. If you have a Bible this morning, I'd like to have you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. So just a moment ago, Danny was up and he asked, you know, have you... Are you ready for Christmas, done all your shopping? And I said, yeah. And my wife looked over at me and she said, you don't do any shopping. So I'm preaching on joy this morning. One of her her eye needs this, apparently. So uh, uh, just briefly, uh, I want to tell you about our crazy week this week. Some of you have heard, some of you have not. Uh, My dad and I went to... Uh, Missouri to uh, get my son's uh, furniture at the end of the semester and bring it home. And we were staying in an on-campus apartment uh, over overnight, Wednesday night. And uh, uh, so we were just sitting. It's a little small living room and then a little small bedroom next to it. And so we were sitting in the living room about 8.30 and six gunshots went off and they shot the apartment that Dad and I were in. Uh Two of the shots went through the storm door, through the steel door. One went then into a, lodged into a, a, a coat rack, and the other one across the room into the refrigerator. And uh, so, you know, you, you you do what you do. I mean, your first thing, of course, is is, is hit the deck, and you don't know or is it are they shooting at us, or or just what. But uh, it was a crazy thing. Neither one of us were hit, and, and so we were fine. So we, you know, the police came and did all the stuff that they do, and, and uh, we swept up the glass, and we had been moving furniture. We were tired. We went to bed. <laughs> and several of you say, did you sleep at all that night? Dad was asleep by probably 9.15, <laughs> and I probably hung in until 10 o'clock, and we were just wore out. So uh, anyway... Uh, I, I, that's not really something that's been on my bucket list. But I uh, have been shot at now, so, so there you go. So uh, we're, we're, we've been talking about unwrapping gifts. And uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about unwrapping the gift of forgiveness. Last week, unwrapping the gift of grace. And today, we're going to talk about unwrapping the gift of joy. But I want to start off just a little bit different this morning. Now, I'm not going into the invitation or anything like that, but I want you to, to help me out here. I want everybody to close your eyes. We're going to use our imagination, okay? So everybody close your eyes. Now, to the best of your ability, using your imagination, I'd like for you to try to go back in your mind to when you were a child, to an age, whatever age it might be, that you had a great Christmas. And I want you to try to picture it just as vividly as you can. Maybe you remember going to bed on Christmas Eve and laying there trying to fall asleep and you just couldn't make it happen. You were so excited for what was coming the next day. Ultimately, you do fall asleep and then the next morning you wake up and you you jump out of bed. You realize it's Christmas and and in your your pajamas and slippers, you run into the to the living room and it's lit only by the lights on the tree and under the tree 
Their, their presents and the stockings that were flat the night before are now full, hanging by the fireplace or, or near the wall. And your little heart is so full of childlike joy. You remember that Christmas? You can open your eyes. For a child, the sheer joy of all that Christmas brings is almost too much to take in. Squeals of glee pierce the room with each open gift. But here's something that I've noticed. As we grow older and more mature... And as we get further and further away from our childhood, there isn't as much joy and anticipation in Christmas for us as there was when we were a child. Oh, yeah, we like Christmas, but we don't value and savor it like we did when we were a child. It's almost as if we've allowed time to cause us to forget how much joy is found in Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, the Bible records the story of Christ's birth. Joseph and Mary had to travel to Bethlehem to register for a tax. There was no room for them in the inn. I'm giving you the Cliff's Notes version here. And Mary gave birth to Jesus in a stable. And on the outskirts of town, some shepherds were watching their flocks when an angel appeared to them saying this in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great Try that one more time. You know what the rules are, right? I bring you good news that will bring great. The Savior has been born today in Bethlehem. You see, Jesus was given to bring joy. And so today I want to share a message with you titled, Unwrapping the Gift of Joy. In the movie that I've referred to, which, by the way, was, I think, number five on Pastor Paul's top ten Christmas movies list, The Santa Claus 2. Scott Calvin, played by Tim Allen, is the Santa Claus, but it's the Mrs. Claus, and so he's had to leave the North Pole because he has to go find a wife. And so he's been dating his son's principal. And in this scene of the movie, he takes her, he escorts her to a school function. It's a Christmas party, but it seems more like a funeral. No one is excited to be there. It seems that they're there out of duty, out of obligation, not out of anticipation of the fun that you would expect from a Christmas party. But Scott Calvin, the Santa Claus, does something to help them remember the joy of Christmas, the joy that they had as kids. So watch this clip.
could I have your attention? Your attention, please. There we go. Hi, I'm Scott Calvin, and I just thought I'd step up here and and uh, say the word that we've all been longing to hear. Fire! Okay. What I think, folks, is that a lot of you have just forgotten what the true spirit of Christmas is all about. Mm-hmm. Golly, if you're not willing to dance or laugh or flirt or risk your lives at the buffet, I don't think we have much choice. So before the choir gets out here, I say we rock this house with the secret Santa. Oh. Huh? Carol, happy, happy Christmas. I think they're just decorations for the carolers. <sighs> She's afraid that these are just decorations for the caroling. I think Carol is right about the caroling. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the packages that are backstage. There, there aren't any packages backstage. Oh, here. there's none back there. <sighs> so I was mistaken when I saw this bag of gifts. Maybe I'm wrong, but it sure looks like a bag of gifts. Oh, it's heavy like a bag of gifts. Look at this. What's in here? It's very heavy. Very heavy. John Pierce. Doesn't your mom call you J.J.? Merry Christmas, J.J. Go away. This is Toss-Across. I used to love this when I was a kid. But I never told anybody. Where did... Who did this? Grace Kim. There you are. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Tom Astle. Me? All right, Gordon. Haven't changed a bit, have you? <laughs> Lizzie Garcia. Here, here. There you are. Merry Christmas. Welcome, sack of robots. Mint tradition. Oh, this is incredible. Oh, hobby, hobby heaven. Come on up and get the rest of your presents. Hurry. Oh, down and bought all those wonderful antique toys. Yeah, probably someone knows his way around eBay. Yeah. Yep. That was you. I know it was you. I just can't figure out how to do it. How did you do it? You know, sometimes you don't need to know all the answers. Speaking of which, even the principal needs a Christmas gift. Merry Christmas. Come on, open it. Rip it open. Come on, we're not going to save the paper. 
if we try hard enough, we can close our eyes and we can remember the joy that we experienced as a child at Christmas. But as the years go by, it seems that much of the joy of Christmas is drained away. And the same is true in our Christian lives. You know, you could probably stop and remember when you got saved, when you came into that relationship with Jesus Christ. When, when you realize that because of Jesus, you weren't destined for hell any longer, you can remember the excitement and the joy you felt, and it was incredible. But if we're honest, as the years have gone by, the joy of our salvation has begun to fade too. This very thing happened to Israel's king David. Something happened in David's life that caused him to lose his joy. And so he said this in Psalm chapter 51, in verses 8 and verse 12, he said this, Give me back my joy again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So here's what we can, we can infer from what we just read. David had joy, but now he does not have it. And so he's asking for it to be restored. So what happened? What happened in between these two times? Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, David is not yet Israel's king. Saul is. But God has told Samuel the prophet to go and anoint David as the next king. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13, the Bible says this, Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he had brought and anointed David with oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. What David experienced there when the Holy Spirit came upon him and filled him from that day forward is what happens to us when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he wasn't going to become king immediately. That was going to happen later. But I want you to notice what kind of man David was when he was filled with the Spirit. So we just read verse 13, but verse 21 says this. So David went to Saul and began serving him. See, David was a man when he was filled with the Spirit who served others. And this brought him great joy. And interestingly enough, he was serving the king that he was going to replace. But David, somewhere along the way, lost his joy. And I bet today some of you feel as if you've lost your, your joy too. How does that happen? Well, it happens for us just like it did for David. In 2 Samuel, where I had asked you to turn, we see a chain of events in David's life that caused him to lose his joy. And the principles behind these events are the exact same things that happen to us that causes us to lose our joy. So now here in 2 Samuel chapter 11, David is Israel's king. All of this time, he has continued to serve others. He has served his kingdom. He has served God. He served the people of Israel. He has led the armies of Israel into battle year after year and led them into victory over the surrounding nations. But then one day, things changed. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, look with me in verse 1. It says, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war... David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. So winters were a time of truce. But when spring came, the kings of the nations led their armies into battle. 
And that's exactly what David had done year after year after year as he served Israel and served God. But this year, something was different. This year, David stayed home. As king, it was his responsibility. It was his purpose to lead his men into battle. But David took the first step in the slippery slope that leads to the loss of joy. And so here's the first step. We begin to put more focus on our pleasures and our preferences rather than on our purpose. David had been a great king for many years and served his people well. But a day came when David felt, it's now okay for me to stop serving others. It's time for me to have some me time. David crossed over from being selfless to selfish. And that is a word that we do not like, isn't it? We don't like the word selfish. The truth is, we don't mind thinking twice about being selfish. We don't think twice about doing for me. We just don't want anybody to use the word that describes what we're doing. We hate that word. And selfishness is even justified in many cases. People will tell you, well, if you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. Or the best thing you can do for others is to give them a you that you've put first. And in the unlikely case of a loss of cabin pressure, right? Put your mask on first before helping others. I'm not talking about not paying attention to our health. What I'm talking about is we have to guard against getting on the slippery slope where our focus is more on our pleasures and our preferences and our comfort rather than on serving others and fulfilling our purpose. See, David was no longer focused on serving others. He was now focused on making life comfortable for himself. See, the further he got from the day that the Holy Spirit filled him, the less he remembered its impact on his life. That's exactly what happens when a Christian begins to lose their joy. When we were young in our faith, every insight from Scripture was exciting. Do you remember that? Whenever you first came to know Jesus and, and there was something that, that the pastor or the Sunday school teacher or in your own reading you read and you were like, oh, that's awesome. You were so excited about these new things. Every new opportunity to serve the Lord brought anticipation. Every opportunity to gather at church was taken advantage of. But after a while, as you've gotten further and further away from being filled with the Spirit at your salvation, maybe it's become a little stale or maybe you're even a little bored. It's not at all unlike Christmas. As a child, Christmas brought so much joy. We practically looked forward to it and counted the days down all year long. But as we get older, Christmas becomes just another day in the calendar. And sometimes Christmas even becomes to, get a, to be a burden. See, I'm afraid the same thing happens the further we get from the time of our salvation. We allow ourselves to get busy with so many other things and we forget the joy that comes from knowing Christ. David didn't want to go to battle. It didn't matter that it was his purpose. He decided that now it was time to focus on his pleasures and his preferences and to get what he wanted out of life. And that leads to the second step in the slippery slope of losing our joy. We begin to get more sophisticated and demanding. As we continue reading on in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we, we read verse 1 where David stayed behind instead of going to battle. Verse 2, late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. 
As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. See, what happened is, is once David got more focused on his own pleasures and preferences than on his purpose, he got sophisticated. And by that, I mean he was now too important to go to war. He thought too highly of himself. He had an inflated ego. And since he was so important, not only was he not serving others, he's now demanding that people serve him. First, he orders Joab to go and lead the battle in his place. David's attitude was, I've, I've served my time. That stuff's not for me anymore. It's time for someone else to do it. Not only was he then demanding with Joab, but he was demanding with Bathsheba, who was married to another man when he sent for her to come so that he could have sex with her. You know, as a child, at Christmas, a, a toss-across or a baby doll would bring screams of glee, but, you know, as a teenager and adult, we, we would probably turn our nose up at that as a gift saying that that's kid stuff because we're too mature and too sophisticated to find joy in those childish things. Same is true in our lives as Christ followers. We, we get sophisticated and our expectations get higher and we allow those things to carry over to our relationship with Christ and the church. And if we're not careful, we allow ourselves to become consumer believers where the gospel and God's word aren't enough anymore. Bible study, Sunday school, commitment, those, that's kids' stuff. When we allow that to happen, we get demanding. Where maybe once, closer to when we were saved, we served others. Now we're demanding that people serve us. And if they don't serve us the way we want them to, then we get mad, we get offended. And like David, we often expect people to serve us in ways that we would never even ask if we were truly walking with God. When we begin focusing more on our pleasure than on our purpose, and we begin to think that we're too important and they even get demanding, the inevitable result is that the third step, our joy begins to disappear. Psalm chapter 51 is a prayer, a, a prayer of David. It's David writing a prayer out in response to his sin with Bathsheba. And he's asking God to restore to him his joy, the joy of his salvation. See, David lost his joy because of his focus on pleasing self. And there's no way, there's no gentle way to say this. When we lose our joy, it's because we focused on what we think we deserve from others rather than focusing on what we can give to others. You cannot find joy apart from serving other people and serving the Lord. And when we lose our joy, we most often are looking to blame it on others. Well, I was, I was joyful until my spouse did this, or I, I was joyful until my employer did this. I was joyful until my kids or my parents did this. And we try to blame our loss of joy on other people, but that's not where the blame is to be found. You see, the loss of joy is to be found within us. It's about us. We are the ones that cause us to lose our joy. And when we do, it's because we've gotten focused on ourselves instead of serving others. 
But see, when we focus on self and lose our joy, it doesn't just affect us. When our joy begins to disappear, and this is the, that fourth step on the slippery slope, so does the joy of those around us. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. He said, my joy comes from your being joyful. You see, joy is contagious. And likewise, a lack of joy is contagious. Not only did David lose his joy because of what had happened, Bathsheba lost her joy. Her husband Uriah lost his joy. Joab and the soldiers lost their joy because Uriah was killed. And then Nathan, the prophet, that had to go and call David out on his sin, he lost his joy. Everyone has lost their joy, but it all traces back to David. See, when we lose our joy, it spreads to those people around us, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our coworkers, our neighbors. So what do we do? If we've lost our joy, how do we restore the joy of our salvation? Well, David gives us the first answer, and it's to simply confess our sin. Confess our sin of selfishness. David said this in Psalm chapter 51, that, that psalm of, of asking forgiveness, verse 7. He said, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You've broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Rem remove the stain of my guilt. How do we restore the joy of our salvation? We just simply go to God and say, God, forgive me for focusing on myself rather than serving you and serving others. See, selfishness, we hate that word. And there's a reason, because we know, we know selfishness isn't right. And it's a sin that we need to confess. And if you're struggling with joy, you will never recover it until you confess your selfishness and begin to serve others again. Secondly, to restore the joy of our salvation, we've got to become like a child again. And that's next week's message. And so I'm going to save all that for, for next Sunday. The video clip that we saw uh, from the Santa Claus 2 movie, it's all about getting back to our youth to, be, to become like children so that we can recapture that joy. And while the movie is based on material gifts, the principle remains the same. If we as Christians could just go back, we could rediscover the most amazing gift we've ever unwrapped, the gift of God's grace of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And to recapture the joy of Christmas, we've got to be like a child. To recapture the joy of our salvation, we must also be like a child. Do you still have the joy of your salvation? Or has it been lost over the years? Has it slowly been draining away? See, your salvation is a gift from God by His grace. It's the biggest gift you'll ever be given. Don't allow one more day to pass in which you allow your joy to be lost. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Because actually this is what I would like for you to do with your eyes closed. I'd like for us to use our imagination again if you could. You know, I realize that maybe not everyone has the ability to pinpoint their salvation maybe as clearly as, as I was able to. 
but I'd like for you to try. Go back to where it was when you acknowledged your need for Jesus Christ. Maybe it was in Sunday school or church, or maybe it was a revival service or a youth camp. Can you remember it? Do you remember the feeling that was welling up within your soul? Of, I'm a sinner who desperately needs Jesus. And God has made forgiveness free to me if I'll just receive it. And you did. Do you remember? Do you remember how excited you were knowing that your eternity in heaven was set, your reservation was made? Can you see it? That's what we've got to recapture. Like David, I challenge you to make your prayer today. God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Maybe you can identify with David's prayer today. Maybe you might make this your prayer as well. In that same psalm, Psalm 51 Verse 10 and verse 12, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me and restore to me the joy of your salvation. Would you do that today? Would you ask God to restore to you the joy of your salvation? Maybe it's just a simple prayer. God, don't let me lose the wonder and excitement of what Jesus did for me when he saved me and a commitment to get off of that slippery slope. It's not about us serving self. It's about us serving the Lord and serving others. That is how we maintain our joy. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone here this morning. Lord, Lord I'm convinced that there are, are many that were able to go right back to that place where they receive Christ as their Savior today. And maybe maybe their joy had, had been gone or maybe it was a little stale, but there, there was a spark there this morning as they remembered what you did for them through Jesus Christ. God, for every one of us here, forgive us where we've gotten selfish and restore to us the joy of our salvation. Help us to keep our eyes on our purpose, our calling to serve you and serve others. And help us to unwrap every day the gift of joy that's made possible through this baby born in Bethlehem. Thank you for your grace and goodness. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.